Welcome back to Beyond Well. I'm Sheila Hamilton, and I have decided to begin every podcast with a brief or sometimes personal explanation of why the topic that we're going into really interests me. But first, I want to give a shout out to the team at Active Recovery TMS, who supports our program and lives our values that mental health care should be readily available, compassionate, and holistic. Active Recovery is expanding into the Puget Sound this year and is offering clients an expanded and robust path to healing, including transcranial magnetic stimulation, esketamine therapy, and talk therapy. With new offerings, new clinics and neighborhoods near you, and a committed professional staff to guide you on your wellness journey, Active Recovery is changing its name to Active Path Mental Health, a reflection of its commitment to every client who deserves an active and purposeful path to better mental health. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how to remain positive during economic downturns and job layoffs. And I have some personal experience about this because I worked in the news business for so many years. It's considered very volatile. Everyone prepares you to get laid off, but when it happens to you, it is completely destabilizing. Last year in the tech center, it was one of the most brutal years the sector has ever seen. 154,000 tech workers lost their jobs. So I know in terms of the anxiety and self-doubt that it leaves, especially for people who are remaining and wondering about what's next, for the person who has experienced the kind of destabilization and the loss of personal identity. That's who we're talking to today. And I'm super excited that Dr. James Polo has agreed to join us for today's episode. Dr. Polo, it is so good to see you again and happy new year. Same to you. What happens psychologically when we get laid off? Why is it so unbelievably traumatic? Well, it's traumatic because regardless of the reason of being laid off, people feel like it's a failure. I mean, uh-huh. you don't choose to be laid off. And so consequently, it almost feels like a, a failure on your part. And it also feels like a rejection. Mm. And it's a very difficult thing to deal with from an emotional perspective. And then, of course, there's the practical aspects of, well, now I don't have a paycheck. What am I going to do with that? So losing a job is one of the biggest, most significant stressors that people struggle with. Do you know, is it listed as one of the traumatic indicators on the ACE scale? It is. It is. Loss of a job is near the top. Wow. Yeah. Loss of a child, number one. Uh And losses are all up there at the top, but loss of job is a significant one. You know, I, I just was really taking in what you said about that we take it personally, even though it may not be. And I, I'm remembering in the news business that everyone says, look, you're going to get laid off at some time. It's one of the most volatile careers you could have. But Correct. when it actually happened, I was like, what could I have done differently? They told us the newsroom was being downsized, but I was like, right. if I'd just been better, maybe I would have been one of the people that Correct. didn't get laid off, right? It, it, it's a very interesting dynamic. If the entire company goes out of business and everyone loses their job, that actually doesn't always feel personal. Right. But if the company is, say, letting go of half the workforce, then you feel like, oh, well, why wasn't I kept? I wasn't Uh valuable enough. So there's that sense of feeling less than. Yeah. And for those that are left behind, I've heard it called that it's almost very similar to survivor's guilt from plane crashes. Well, you can feel 
first of all, you feel sad for your friends. You right. feel guilty that you somehow kept the job. And yeah. you then, even though you kept your job, now begin to see the leadership as somehow the enemy, because after all, they are the ones that let everybody else go and are creating the feeling that you're having. And so it, it creates a challenge. So even for people that remain on a job, when other folks are let go, that's stressful. One of the very first things that I was thinking about is how immediately you feel as if you should go get another job when in fact, what you should do after a trauma is sit down, breathe a little, take really good care of yourself, gather your yeah. friends and family, see what your support network is, right? Why do we have this almost um, traumatic response to wanting to get right back into the job? Well, I I think there's two reasons. One's emotional, one's, again, more practical. The The emotional reason is if I can get another job, that's kind of a way of saving face or a way of getting back out there. Somebody wants me, I'm okay. Yeah. And it's almost as if you can forget about being fired. And the reality is you won't. That wow. will still feel like a rejection. It'll still feel like a, a failure. I think the other practical aspect is that Sometimes people have to find a job because they've got a rent check coming up in a month. That's right. They've got to pay for the yeah. food or kids, you know, that need uh, daycare. So, yeah. so sometimes people have no choice but to quickly go looking and finding something. I um, would really like to talk to you about how we go through some kind of practical steps for shoring up your psychological well-being that, during this time. And I guess the first thing would be to begin with. How do we make ourselves feel valued again yeah. when someone yeah. has, in no uncertain terms, said you're not valued here? That's such an important aspect of how you deal with uncertainty. Keep in mind that when we are uncertain about the future, there's an element of fear that we have. And one of the adaptive human attributes that works against us sometimes is we tend to fear the worst case scenario. And this is for survival. So we fear the worst case scenario because if we can handle that, then we can handle anything. Yeah. And the challenge with that is so oftentimes when things are uncertain, we fear the worst and the worst doesn't usually come true. It's not as bad as the worst. And so one of the first things to do is to get that fear out of your head of the worst thing that's going to happen because it's probably not. It's probably not going to happen. And I think uh, back to your point, though, one of the things that is really important is to focus on yourself and do it in a couple of ways that are kind of important. First of all, being reflective. Hey, what are the things that I control? What are the things that I do not control? I don't control if my company is having financial challenges. I do control how I'm spending my weekend. So separate the things that you don't control from the things that you do and try to put your efforts into the areas where you do have some control. And the reason why that's important is because in general, people feel better when they feel like they have control of what's going on. Yeah. And so what you want to do is focus on the things that you really do control. Because I feel like people have a lot of shame. They tend to not want to gather the kind of support and help that they might otherwise really benefit from. How do you get over that feeling that this is a sort of shameful, embarrassing thing to have to tell other people about. That's such an important point because shame is something that really impacts not only how we feel, it impacts how we act, and it impacts how we move forward. In terms of self-reflecting, it's also important 
to actually spend some time saying to yourself, well, what are my strengths? And be honest and identify that you have some strengths. I don't usually recommend that folks focus on their weaknesses. What I usually say is, hey, identify your strengths, take credit for them. And then what are the needs that you might have that would make things better? But you have to give yourself some credit up front because remember, people are not all bad or all good. Yeah. People have some things they do well. Some people have some things that they don't do so well. And so when you're at that point, when you feel like somehow you have failed or you've been rejected, that's when it's time to take a step back and say, well, wait a second. I'm not all bad. What are my strengths that I have? Hey, I'm really good at this. I'm really good at that. I'm great with people, whatever. And take credit for that and spend some time just reveling in that. Those are the strengths, actually. They're going to help you move forward. And it's also going to help you with your new resume that might be actually helping you land a better, more suitable job for you, right? Exactly. One of the challenges is if you don't sit back and reflect, you may end up sending yourself right back into the same situation that you just left. It could be that sometimes getting let go of a job is a blessing. Sometimes Uh it's like, that wasn't the right job for you. That was not something you were enjoying, or that was not something that you were doing well at. And it's a signal that maybe there's something else you might want to be doing. And so before you just jump right back into something, you want to kind of sit back, reflect, what are my strengths? What do I like to do? What drives my passion? That's what I'm going to focus on. It's very rare, Dr. Polo, for somebody to say, I lost my job. This is a good time for me to spend money on therapy. But boy, looking back, I kind of wish I had. I wish I had talked with someone who could say, all right, let's look at your strengths. Okay. Did you really enjoy what you were doing? What would you prefer to be doing? How much would you benefit from actually a new environment where you can control your own destiny? I had to figure it out completely on my own. Well, that raises, that raises a second point. That's really important when, when folks are feeling with there's uncertainty is first of all, staying connected to other people is very important. Mm-hmm. When you're not connected to other people, you're essentially listening to only that voice in your head, which is telling you all the bad things that you probably shouldn't be listening to. Totally. And so being connected to other people gives you a reflection of what others think. And generally people don't see things as bad as you do. Yeah. And so it can be some good feedback. Now, what you've highlighted is for some folks going that extra step and seeing a professional is sometimes what's needed just because the injury to their esteem has been so significant that they're having difficulty working their way out of it. I do want to share an experience that happened to me. A really talented young woman was laid off from the radio industry when I was a news director and I really wanted to hire her. And I met her for lunch, trying to talk with her about what was next. And she was so bitter and she was so angry she spent the entire hour, we could have been talking about her next opportunity, just dragging down her boss and talking about her coworkers. And I was so turned off that I was like, I don't think this is a good fit. So what kind of advice do you have for people about how to manage the real anger and bitterness that occurs because you were laid off? So there is sometimes some anger and bitterness that occurs. And It's okay to spend some time thinking about that, but then you've got to leave it behind because focusing on the anger and the bitterness is looking backwards. And really, if you've already been let go from a job, you've got to now think about moving forward. So what a therapist will usually do is help you accept what happened, put it into the right framework, not going to forget it, but now how do we learn from it, 
and move forward. Sometimes that's hard to do on your own. You know, I'll tell you a funny story. Yeah. I got fired from my very first job. Oh, wow. I was uh, 16. I was working at a, a store called Dart Drug, which is kind of like a Target. Okay. Yeah. Because I was a good student, they hired me as a cashier. This was back in the days when you punched in yeah. everything and you had to mentally calculate what the change would be. Yeah. The machine did not tell you the change because right. there was no you know, digital machine. Yeah. So what happened was one day they were doing everything at the end of the night and they said, your register is short $999.99. And what happened to that money? I suspect that when I went to the bathroom, I didn't lock my machine and somebody else did that as a joke, but I got fired because I was short $999. Okay. And I felt so bad and I felt so much of a failure that when I went looking for a second job, I didn't even tell them I had already had a job. I said, oh, I'm looking for my first job because I didn't want to tell them. Well, I already got fired. <laughs> that is it is like it, it 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 is funny how these these job memories like eat at the very crux of our personal identity oh absolutely Aren't they? absolutely yeah oh my gosh and you know my next job was mcdonald's okay yeah. and they had better registers and i was put as a cashier again they asked hey what are your grades I, i'm a ba student okay you're gonna be a cashier not a cook yeah. and i was afraid i was like Every time a person came in, I had like a little pad and paper just in case I was, you know, slow on the calculations or whatever. So, I mean, it left an impact. Yeah. But as you might imagine for adults, particularly if they have family, children, oh. now this injury to them is much, much more magnified. I mean, especially if you see yourself as a provider, you know, yes. it's a big part of your identity and suddenly that source of income is dried up. It is it's grueling to get past that. One of the things that I looked at sort of a career side around this, and it was talking about how important it is to make sure that you have all of the kind of modern ways of networking. But in mm -hmm. fact, it's not modern at all. It is reaching out to your network of people who love you and support you to see if they have ideas about other places you could land. The idea of going to a job board attempting to get stuff through a recruiter, it's grueling. It's really hard. It rarely happens. It's almost always somebody who knows you and believes in you who recommends you for the next job. The way we've changed, the way we socialize has actually changed the way you find jobs. I mean, That's it used right. to be you would send a resume in with a letter and they'd write you back or they'd call you back. Yeah. These days, you, you can you can sit online and send in 50 resumes and never hear never a word hear from anybody. That's right. Yeah. And so, so you are right. It's really about how do you connect with people and network word of mouth, a friend of a friend who knows somebody yeah. or, Hey, here's an opportunity you should go, but you've got to be willing to kind of put yourself out there a little bit of a risk. Okay. Yeah. Be assertive at the same time that you're kind of demonstrating that you're eager and and willing to jump into whatever the job happens to be. And it's very hard to do that if you're still bitter and focused on what happened before. So you've got to let that go. I really love the idea when you talked about acceptance, because acceptance doesn't mean that we like it. it just means that we accept the reality of what has actually occurred, right? It, I think exactly. people get really screwed up with that idea. When exactly. you hear them talking about, you have to come to a place of acceptance. They're like, well, I don't want to accept it. Well, 
it is There's reality, right? No other option because yeah. I mean, you're not going to change it. So. Yeah, totally. And so in speaking about the impact to a wider community, I've always heard this adage, it's a recession when your neighbor gets laid off. It's a depression when you get laid off, right? Yes. We tend to think, well, it's just happening over there until there can be like a domino effect and suddenly a lot of people are losing their jobs. We do collectively, doctor. Wait, what can we do collectively as a group? Yeah. Well, the first thing that is important is making sure that you actually have a group of folks that you can rely on. And you can't find a close network of friends when you're in a crisis. Okay. So one of the things that I remind people is when things are going well, that's when you want to make sure that you're being connected to people because when things aren't going well, that those are the folks that you're going to be able to reach out to. It's very hard to reach out to somebody you've never known before to say, Hey, I'm struggling. I just got fired. I could use you're some help. only going to be able to do that with a friend that you trust. Yeah. What I remind people all the time is, do you like it when people ask you for help? Mm. They almost always say, oh yeah, I love it. Yeah. When they ask me for help, I, I'm more than happy to jump in. I'm more than happy to give them my opinion. Well, guess what? Your friends are eager to help you too. Yeah. So don't be shy about saying, hey, I'm struggling right now. And it doesn't even have to be you know, losing a job. It can be other struggles as well too. I'm struggling with this or I have a problem with a coworker or you know, I'm afraid of the gas prices going up. There can be all kinds of things that you can talk with friends about to get a different perspective. And if nothing else, almost always, you'll find out you're not alone. Mm. Other people are struggling with the exact same issues. I honestly think, Dr. Polo, that in this day and age, especially when young people sort of derive a lot of their self-esteem from Instagram and social media, that saying I need help and here's why is a kind of a human gesture that makes people really love you. They're like, oh, thank you God. Know, it's, Somebody it, else is struggling? It, it's very interesting. Some of the recent data that's been looked at from an employment perspective shows that millennials are more likely to ask for help when they're struggling emotionally than uh uh, than or other or, generations. Or, yeah. Or, and and yeah. I think it has to do a lot with the fact that young people these days are online all the time. They're sharing everything about their lives, yeah. pictures of everything they do. And so when they run into a challenge, it's very hard to hide it because they've been yeah. so open out there. Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes total sense. And in, in terms of the guidance that you would give someone about how long to wait before getting a new job, how long to wait before kind of the trauma of this announcement or decision that disrupts your life? Is it like when they say, when you get a divorce, don't get into a new relationship for at least six months? <laughs> it, you know, that's a great question. You know, when it comes to relationships, I remind folks, don't get involved in a new relationship until you've totally Recovered gotten over the, the old last. one. Okay? And that, yeah. that time can be different for different folks. I don't think there's a magic time that you need to wait. Mm. If you've gone through the process of, first of all, saying to yourself, well, what happened? Mm -hmm. Why am I upset about this? What are my strengths? What can I do? What do I want to do moving forward? What are the things that I like to do that drive me? When you're ready to make that step, it's okay to move forward. Some folks can go through that and it might only take a few weeks. Other folks, it might take a little bit longer. 
Mm. What happens more often than not, though, is people feel pressured to quickly get a job so that they can feel good again um, or quickly get a job because they, they actually need to have a job. Yeah. And it's too bad that there isn't a little better buffer zone for Americans so that we could really use that time to reflect on what it is that we might want different in the next job. Depending on the type of job and depending on how one loses a job, there are unemployment benefits that at least give you a, a little bit of a source of income that can help you take your time. Yeah. And I will often tell folks, take advantage of that. There are folks that actually won't take advantage of that because they're embarrassed. Hey, uh -huh. I'm not going to go on unemployment because, you know, I don't yeah. want anybody to know that, you know, I lost my job. But that short period of time can be just enough and what it takes to be able to kind of handle what happened and move forward. Yeah. And, and the other thing that really becomes sometimes very hard to do is look at the big picture. Hey, look, it's a tough economy right now. It's not just you. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about you not doing something. It's about the fact that we're all struggling together. It gets back to your idea about community. I look at those pictures of the Great Depression and all of those men dressed in their suits in the soup line. And I think here they are dressed with so much integrity and professionalism to stand in line for food for their families. And yep. there was something about the fact that it was happening to everyone that I think made that okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Recently in the media, they were talking about Elon Musk who bought Twitter. And the first yeah. thing he did was let go of half of the workforce. Yeah, That has to have been just incredibly difficult for all those people that lost their jobs. Yeah, But if you think about it, do you think any one of those individuals actually had a choice or could have made a difference? I mean, it had nothing to do with them and had everything yeah. to do with whatever was yeah. going on at this, you know, right. much higher business level. And so sometimes you really have to do is you have to just remind yourself, okay, this is not about me. Now, obviously, if you're let go specifically for something you did, yeah, then you might have to spend some time thinking about, well, did I really do that? And, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe yelling at really my, my boss is not the right thing job. to do. Yeah, exactly. Was <laughs> I subconsciously trying to get let go from that job? I think exactly. that's a good question as well. Dr. Polo, it's such a delight to have you on the program. Oh, it's good to see you. And I'm hoping it's going to be a great year. And actually, despite the fact that we're starting with a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of good things to look forward to. I think so too.